I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Hey, SaveWithConrad.com has been saving people money everywhere, all across the map. Justin up in Kernersville, North Carolina, left us a five-star review. And he said, Jimmy and Jennifer were amazing. The process was very clearly communicated. And I knew the status of my loan every step of the way. I was able to cut a point and a half from my interest rate and save $180 a month. It was an extremely smooth transaction and completely stress-free. Kudos to you guys. Now, kudos to you, Justin, for hearing our commercials here on the podcast and deciding, you know what? This is worth a shot. It's no cost. It's no obligation. I don't need perfect credit. And if they can't save me money, they won't waste my time. So what am I waiting for? Justin did it, and he's saving 180 bucks a month. How much money can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. And oh yeah, we're licensed in more than 40 states. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. So a lot of us have been through this, you know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no coupon codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by or online at I hate Steven singer.com always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out. I hate Steven singer.com and you should too.
Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spine Buster. He is Double A. He is the enforcer. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I'm great. I would uh, first start by saying, because I know how your day's been, and I know how your part of your week's been. Thank you to the hardest working man in showbiz, <laughs> and that is you, sir. I appreciate that. I don't that. think we thank you enough, so thank you for all you do. No, man, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to work with you, and I'm just pumped every time we get to record, and today's going to be no different. You know, last week we threw out the rule book, and we brought on a very special guest uh, to sort of wrap up your story in Southeastern, and we're ready for the next chapter today. Or we'll be talking about Jim Crockett promotions, but before we do, we've got a little business to tend to number one, AEW is back on the road and uh, it's been announced that you guys have the first official post pandemic sellout. Uh, the, uh, the big event you're having in Texas, I, I guess night one of fighter fest is already completely sold out. And Jr. tells me that the advance for Charlotte is the best it's ever been. Uh, everywhere you look, man, it looks like it's good news for AEW. And if you want to see these guys in your neck of the woods, AEW ticks is the place to pick up your tickets, right? Arn? Absolutely. And you know, I've said all through this pandemic, I can't wait till these rabid AEW fans get back in the arena because man, they're stars themselves and they show their ass and raise hell. And I love it. And, uh, it's so great giving them back the product that they've been waiting to see. And, uh, man, AEW is up and running. It's just going to get better and better. I have no doubt. It really is a great time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, I I can't imagine what it's going to be like being in some of these crowds. So don't miss it. If you haven't already, it's AEWTix.com, And hopefully, uh, one of these days, we're going to see some more matches from the next generation of Anderson and. I hear that you've got a little uh, housekeeping you want to do with regard to Mr. Brock right now. Um, well, I just want to thank everybody. Um, I was really nervous before Brock debuted and uh, I didn't know in my mind if, if he was ready, he knew hundred percent and it wasn't doubting his ability or his passion or the time or work that he put in, but man, debuting on dynamite when you've never had an official match as a pressure position. And I was just scared to death. The pressure was going to get to him. It didn't. And I just want to thank a lot of people that have made him feel welcome, giving him a lot of positive reinforcement a lot of veterans that work for that company, which they didn't have to do, have pulled him aside, gave him some tips, gave him some really positive thoughts. And I just want to thank everybody. I think the company has welcomed him with, with open arms, and they're going to be glad they do. Uh, I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself. That's very sweet of you. Um, we also want to send uh probably some, some sweet shout outs to a great friend of the show. One of the best friends you ever had, Mr. Bobby Eaton. Uh, he is a rare bird in professional wrestling. You'll never find anybody who has a bad word to say about him. And, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's been married as long as he was to the same woman in professional wrestling. But sadly his, uh, his beautiful, lovely wife, Donna has passed away and, uh, 
It's bad news, man. For one of your great close personal friends. We were very good friends and are very good friends. Um, I spent a lot of nights over in Bobby's garage, drinking a cold beer, shooting the shit. Just basically, you know, they lived one street over in the old neighborhood from us for 12 years. We were neighbors. And, man, we had some of the greatest times ever just hanging out in the garage, you know, drinking some beers and walking home and and Donna and, and Aaron, you know. Spent a lot of time when we would be on the road, going to lunch, going to dinner, having having some great times. And, you know, you're never prepared for, for someone's passing, even though we knew Donna had been sick. It's, it's like, okay, but you used to have that confidence in the back of your mind. She's going to kick out of this. And uh, she, she wasn't that fortunate. And I know that we're all hurting in this this household and we just want to request that you know Bobby and his family his children his grandchildren need your prayers and thoughts and and well wishes and uh there's not a finer person on earth than Bobby Eaton and I just hope that uh you know we all can uh be there for him and uh just let him know Bob I'm here for anything you need my friend I'm so sorry for your loss as well, the children, the grandchildren. So you need me. I'll be in touch anyway, but you buzz me. Anything you need, I'm there. Yeah. Also, also, Conrad, while I'm on a, you know, a bit of a downer, it would be remiss for me not to mention, you know, Dale Wilkes, the Patriot, who passed oh, this week as well. And a young man. I mean, I didn't know Dale that long, but he's a member of our wrestling community. Yes, sir. Which which makes him family. And anytime we lose somebody from that family, man, it it just kind of wakes you up, you know, to your own mortality. And this man was it was fifty nine, I think. Yeah. If, if I know Dale, he always kept himself in pretty good shape. Oh yeah. Just, just another horrible loss, way too soon. And, and God bless thoughts and prayers to his family as well. Yeah, man. I wish I knew, um, God, you wish you had the right words, you know, uh, our hearts go out to those who've, who've lost somebody. This has been, uh, it's been a weird couple of weeks here. It feels like, but hopefully we're due for some good news and, um, hopefully, uh, Dale and Donna are in a better place now, or at least that's what I hope. Well, I'm going to segue to a little bit of positive news. Anybody that is a friend of the podcast knows that I have a very good friend, Brandy. Yes. Who has went through hell with this coronavirus. Um, You know, she thought she had it licked, had a relapse. One of these, you know, long-term situations where people think they've kicked it and they think they're getting on the path to getting well and they have a relapse. And that's what she's been battling over the last few months. And man, she's one of the toughest ladies you will ever find. Never has anything but a positive comment, listens to the show religiously. And I just want to tell her now that she has got the go ahead to have quote graduated from her rehab. 
you know, I'm hoping it's just going to be a straight path back to 100% great health. And I, I just want you to know, Brandy, you're my hero. I'm so proud of you. You're such a tough lady. Uh, so glad you're feeling better. Absolutely. And we're glad you guys are along with us for a fun ride today. If you haven't already, check out the archives. Last week, we uh, finished our story in Southeastern. He met his lovely wife. He had some crazy roommates. He learned his trade. But now it's time to move on. Uh, we covered where in Southeastern you did a loser at leaves town match and you finish up with Southeastern championship wrestling, but tell us the story again of exactly how you were on the radar for mid Atlantic championship wrestling, how you interviewed, if that's even the right word, I think a generation after you, people would send like tapes, like video cassettes, VHSs. These days, I guess you just text or DM somebody a YouTube link, but what was that process like for you to be on the radar for mid Atlantic? And can you take us through your first day in Charlotte in the quote unquote office? Well, a lot of, a lot of help from Rick flair pushing for me, got the go ahead, uh, finished up with Southeastern loser, live loser, leave with, uh, Robert Fuller. So. Now I go back to Granny's for a few days in Rome and uh, pack my car and uh, start heading to North Carolina. Somewhere I had never traveled, hadn't been up down those roads, so it was brand new highway for me, up 85 north. And uh, I felt like 100% hundred percent that I had my act together. I had my promos down. I had my confidence up. I had my, uh, you know, ability to go out and have a match with anybody they, that they write my name down against. I was uh, good to go. So I'm having all these positive thoughts. I'm heading up the highway on Sunday and I'm, I know I'm getting close to Charlotte. I see this sign Gaffney. Now, I look off in the distance. Now, when you're thinking you're in the car by yourself, we've already been in the, you know, couple of hundred miles, whatever it was at that point. I had traveled 250 maybe. And you kind of start daydreaming. And I look off in the distance. And what do I see, Conrad? I don't know. You do not know, but you're fixing to know. Have you ever made that path driving? I believe so. You had to have up 85 yeah. from Atlanta to Charlotte. Yeah. Have you looked over to the left in Gaffney, South Carolina and seen the huge peach? Yes. I'm familiar with that. Well, from a distance, I know and maybe my eyes were starting to get a little tired. That looked like a giant ass with a giant hemorrhoid hung out of it. You know, before you said hemorrhoid, I thought you were going to say that looked like Mrs. Lundy's bubble butt that she had squeezed no, in the jeans no, no. and I had to flip a you and go back to Florida. I miss my baby. And you went a totally different direction. Oh, wow. That's not, you know, I mean, it was, <laughs> I never thought that CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel, which is stress, anxiety, and pain feeling better. Thanks to our friends at feels. You see, feels is a better way to feel better. 
Feels is a premium CBD that will keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, and there's no hangover or addiction. And I got to tell you, I didn't know anything about CBD a few years ago. I was nervous about this. I was worried because I didn't understand it. Now that I understand it, man, it has changed my life. I'm sleeping better than ever. I feel better than ever. I've even seen people whose lives have been really before and after with CBD. I mean, you got to see it to believe it. Here's how it works. You place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose and how important it is. You see, everyone's dose is different. It's not like one size fits all, but once you get it dialed in, man, quality of life's going through the roof. At least that's been my experience. In fact, I feel so strongly about feels because they help handhold you and sort of guide you through this process. If you're a CBD beginner, you see feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. So you find the perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use out of your CBD. Joining the feels monthly membership makes your self care routine easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash arn and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feals.com slash arn to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash arn feels.com slash arn. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash Arn. And I'm telling you, we can't recommend it enough. Check it out for yourself. See what all the fuss is about at feels.com slash Arn. When I was a kid, buddy, I remember, see, they got one of those peaches, uh, down in South Alabama too. So if you're headed from like Birmingham to Montgomery, uh, there is a, a little, a stop on the highway called Clanton and in Clanton, they have peach park and they have a giant peach. And as a, I don't know, nine, 10 year old, 11 year old kid, I'm, I thought that was the coolest thing They had a, a butt monument. And, uh, yeah, I thought the same thing as a kid that you thought as an adult. Did it have the hemorrhoid? It's not the same without the hemorrhoid. Well, I never, I'll be honest as a kid, I didn't know anything about hemorrhoids. You know, I didn't have the life experience you did when you first saw it. Maybe. So, yeah. Maybe that's just a little bit uh, yeah, I think too you, premature. Yeah. So I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to the hemorrhoid. Yes. And I thought here you are fixing to have your break. Everything is in line. The stars have aligned and you're hallucinating. Yeah. What is causing me to hallucinate? And as I get closer and I see the peaches and I see the sign, I see the exit, I get it. But it was one of those things that kind of startled you awake. Sure. Uh, so that's the first weird happening I had. Uh, then I pull into Charlotte, get a very inexpensive hotel room. This is Monday evening uh, or Sunday evening, excuse me. Uh, Monday, I go down to the office. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm uh, waiting. I don't mean to cut you off, but when you go to the office, did you have an appointment? Like, did people know you were coming or are you just stopping by and hoping? No, no, no. It was all set up. Uh, I think I was supposed to meet Dusty Rhodes at 11 o'clock. 
And, uh, I know we're just freestyling here, but we assume that Rick would have been the one who would have set up a meeting between the two of you. Yeah. And okay. he's the one that told me where to go. Okay. Uh, gave me the address of the office. I then located a very inexpensive hotel close to the office. Right. I was early. I probably got there at 1030. Uh, at 1130 or 1145, I'm still sitting there, which is, is fine. I'm waiting patiently, waiting patiently. All of a sudden I hear the door open and shut and I hear this cantankerous voice. And it's just dusty being dusty. He walks in the room, looks at me, got his cowboy hat, his sloppy Joe's t-shirt, got his jeans tucked down his boots. He looks at me, goes over, opens the, the uh, door to his office. I get up, I follow him in, he walks around, he sits down at his desk, he leans back in his chair, throws his boots up. He said, damn, you do look like old Anthony. Uh, yes, sir, that's, that's, that's what they've told me. So there, then there's this silence, and he's looking at me, he's looking at me, he goes, go get over. Excuse me? go get over. And then it occurred to me what he said. He said, go get over. Now I knew what that meant. Yeah. And he said, that's all. So I got up, walked out of his office, almost fell down. And I said to myself, damn, that was, that was dusty roads. Yeah. I was completely starstruck. So that concluded activities for that day. The next day was Tuesday, Spartanburg, South Carolina, television taping. Rick got a hold of me. How did it go? I went, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. He said, well, what do you say? He said, go get over. He says, okay, well, go get over then. I went, I'll just certainly do my best. So I rode with Rick down to Spartanburg. And, uh, one of the things that you get used to in this business, when you have thoughts that things are supposed to be one way, Rick is a heel everywhere in the natural world. Right. 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 Except when he pulls up Spartanburg and he gets out of the car, his little Mercedes, which I was riding with him and the place just blew. Everybody was out. There's probably 50 people in the parking lot and they're popping like he's the biggest baby face on earth. I soon found out that he was a heel everywhere, but the Carolinas. And you just have to understand that and take it in stride when you're doing your thought process. Right. So they're looking at me like, who is this guy? Now they don't have a clue who I am. Nobody has a clue. Um, we go in, it's television. Uh, they have me in an enhancement match with a young man, and they said, okay, creatively, I want you to break this kid's arm. You figure out how you want to do it. So I figured out a way I wanted to do it. Now, that's a pretty good push yeah, right there for your first television to break someone's arm. I would agree. Because it wasn't done very often for obvious reasons. Um, so 
after I broke his arm and he's rolling around like someone would with a broke arm, down comes Manny Fernandez, who I've never met, wow. never spoke, never spoke to, slides in the ring, looks at me like that's enough, back off. And so that was what I interpreted it meant. The second he looked away, I cheap shot at him, threw him out over the top, dropped him across the rail on his neck, and left him laying. Now, Manny was used pretty good at that time with Jim Crockett Promotions, so that's a hell of a launching pad. Uh, the people then, after I did the thing and left Manny down, and as I'm walking back, it had a whole different feel to it to what it just did in the match. They didn't know who I was, but by doing all this stuff right back to back and to who it happened to, I think they just said, okay, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. If he isn't Anderson, they're going to use him well. Right. Because that wasn't a bad launch. And that got me kick-started. And uh, as soon as that first television aired the following Saturday – up and running this summer camping season. Let's talk about pitching tents. That's right. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where blue chew comes in. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready wherever an opportunity arises. Maybe whenever, maybe it's whenever or wherever, you know, the deal, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So there's no doctor's visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacies. And how about this blue Chew's tablets? Well, they're made right here in the USA prepared and shipped direct to your door, all in a discreet package. I got to tell you, this is a, uh, a delivery that everybody's excited to see here at the house. Remember when you were a kid and it was a big deal to get mail, then you grow up and eventually realize it's mostly junk mail or bills. This is a package that everybody's excited to get. <laughs> uh, check it out. This is for you. If you're looking for extra benefit, if you're looking for extra confidence, if you're looking for extra five-star reviews, if you're looking for extra wide smiles around the house, you got to get that extra boost from blue chew. And if you think it's time you use a little extra confidence, maybe you could benefit when it's time to perform blue chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew for free, for free, for free. When you use our promo code ARN, A-R-N, at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is ARN, and you'll receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. So I think, and we're bouncing around a little bit, but this is such a big part of your story. I want to get it right. I thought somewhere along the way, I had either heard or read a story about Dusty seeing a tape of you on the beach wearing a Yankees hat, cutting promos. Now that I sent prior. Yeah. After Rick had told me, he said, Hey, you know, I went to bat for you again. They want you. You need to put something together. Rick Stewart, who worked in the office for Ron Fuller and I went down to the beach 
and you can pull it up. You can pull that promo up, and it was pretty much just a Mean Arn Anderson the Prick promo. And uh, I sent it in, and apparently Dusty was all over it, loved it. So that was some of the foreshadowing to actually getting the appointment to come in and see him and get a job. But yes, I did send that in and I think you can pull that up online if, if you want to look for it. But yeah, it was just me being an asshole on the beach. And if you're watching along with us, uh, you're actually going to see that video. Uh, of course, if you're just listening to the audio, you won't get it, but over at adfreeshows.com, we're doing video along with these shows and we'll go ahead and make sure that we include, uh, that promo as well, because it is a kind of an iconic look. Did that come up at all? I mean, did, uh, did he remember? Because by the way, even on that tribute show that they played on nitro, when you're winding down your career, they showed a clip of that with you on the beach in the tank top with, uh, the boats in the background of the Yankees hat, something about that Yankees hat resonated with dusty, didn't it? Well, yeah, because I was, a, you know, I think he knew that I was Georgia boy. Yeah. So why would you be wearing that? Unless it was about heat, right? And I was a Braves fan to this day. I am a diehard Braves fan, but I just knew a guy with my heavy Southern accent. I don't have it anymore. Do I? No, not at all. I shook that. Yeah. But to say that he's a Yankee or a Yankee fan, it's just heat immediately. You know, most people didn't wear hats a lot, just baseball hats and then fedoras, for God's sakes. Yeah, in wrestling, nobody wore that. Yeah. It, it was really out of place, and that's what I liked about it. Um, so, yes, that was true. I had sent that in, and Dusty liked it. Uh, our meeting was so short, we didn't even talk about it. We did talk about it later, believe it or not. Years later, he brought that up when business was really thumping and we're just on the plane one day, and this is really going out of order, but just, you know, one day we're having a, you know, we had had a sellout somewhere and we're on that private plane and we're drinking and we're heading to the next town and everybody was feeling great. Business was good. And, and then he brought up that, that promo I sent him and he said, I laughed, laughed, laughed. About 30 minutes watching that. <laughs> and it's the first time he had ever mentioned it. It literally came out of nowhere. Well, it was great stuff, man. Really, really entertaining. Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, when you actually get up and going here, uh, because first, first house show Is that where you want to go. Well, no, I want to go wherever you want to go. Chat me up. What do you got in mind? Well, I'm, I'm going to go in order here. And this is one of those those stories that uh, let me catch up from that, from that meeting. So I had that Monday off, went to TV Tuesday, Wednesday now is promo day at the office. Again, I'm really early. I just always, I always thought, man, be early. If you're going to be anything, don't be late, be early, Yeah, be professional. Even if it's, and it, you know, some people it chaps their ass at you early because you're in the in their way. I didn't care. So I'm sitting there on the couch, and I think Tony Giovanni might have been wandering around, and I heard a couple of other voices, 
but I'm just, you know, just kind of sitting there, just keeping my mouth shut and not bothering anybody. And all of a sudden it felt like a grizzly bear reached and grabbed my trap and was pulling it off the bone. And man, I must've shrieked like a nine-year-old girl, but I looked up and Gene Anderson had came up and just grabbed me by the trap. Are you familiar with the grip that Gene Anderson had? Have you heard the stories? No, I don't know the stories. <sighs> Bonic man. And man, he grabbed me. I never met Gene. Uh, never spoke to Gene, but I'm sure he had the background of me coming in because he was helping out of the office and stuff. And man, he grabbed me and I ain't kidding you. I never felt a grip like that. And, uh, and I came out of that chair and he looked at me and he gave me one of those little tricks. He said, damn, you do look like pig face. Well, I didn't know Ole was pig face. Right. I just agreed with him. And, uh, he said, uh, welcome kid. So you're going to be an Anderson, huh? I said, yes, sir. I sure hope to. And I really appreciate, you know, so, and I was going to say, thank you for giving me the gimmick and all that. And he just walked off. Wow. I mean, he wasn't being a prick. Yeah. He came in in his way and introduced himself to me and ingratiated himself to me, but in a roundabout way, when I think about it now, it was him letting me know he was the only real Anderson. Yeah. And he was letting me know real quick that we were all beneficiaries of his name, of his gimmick. And at that particular time, if I didn't conduct myself right, he could probably still stretch me. Right. And, you know, how cool is that? I think it's awesome. And tell us again what, what town that is. You named it. Now that's it. Promos. Okay. That's in Charlotte. Now, down tell, at the office, tell everybody what that looks like. We've heard from Megan and others. It's just basically a garage in the back, right? It's not, it's not a big, big place. It's a, it's a one level and around back. They had a big gravel, I guess, driveway that was fenced in and stuff. And, uh, but uh, it wasn't anything that you would look at and say, well, Hey, that's a multi-million dollar company. You know, right there, it was just one of those things. It was pretty inconspicuous, no signs, which is, I'm sure, by design. Um, but just a normal, just a normal looking office. It could have been anything. Could have been an insurance office or anything else. Um, very uh, unassuming. So we do our promos. I don't even know that I don't think that I had even had any promos that day. Well, those with Shivani or someone else doing that. Yes. Tony was, Tony was the announcer. He was conducting them. Uh, and you had a cameraman and I don't think it was Jackie. It could have been, could have been Jackie Crockett, but I'm not positive, but it was basically just a fixed one camera shoot. You walk into the shot, say what you're going to say count down to you run out of time. You either stand there or you walk out of the shot, whichever's warranted. Um, 
that deal. But until that first television, which we had done the night before, made it around, it probably wouldn't have made any sense for me to have promos and all that stuff because nobody was going to know who I was till that TV aired. Right. Now we uh, come back from Raleigh. That's a round trip. I had, I forget who I even worked with uh, up there and back. And I think it might've just been an enhancement match of some sort or something. Now we get to the building and we're Tom starting to meet the guys and stuff. And, and I knew John Tatum just a little bit. And I knew Buddy Landale from a brief time when we worked for Watts. I didn't know Black Bart at all, but he said, um, uh, <laughs> you want to lie with me, man? Anderson? I said, well, I don't have anybody to ride with. I sure would. How about you, Landale? Yeah, I'd love to go with you guys. Tatum, John Tatum, who is a cousin to Michael Hayes, for those that don't know. I, I thought they were just best friends. They're cousins? Well, maybe they are just best friends, but claim to be cousins. Well, you know what? You claim to be Ric Flair and everybody else's cousin. What's it take yeah. to be your cousin? Can I be it your cousin? Don't, it, it don't matter. Oh, well, you're my third cousin. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, we're going to, with your cash, we're going to be first cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and you're my favorite cousin. <laughs> or if you want me to be your uncle, I'll be your favorite uncle. I'm down with that too. Uncle Lauren. That's what uncle everybody else Lauren. in my house calls That's you. That's what Ashley calls me anyway. Yeah. And I pretty much all the kids probably, yeah. probably your wife. Yep. Uncle Lauren. Case. I've just always been the old guy that was hanging around that would never leave. Yeah. So, so wait a minute. Does that mean you're like the original Dave Silva always hanging around, never leaving? Why Dave? I don't know why I just lost a bet. I guess. I don't know. He is one of the nicest, kindest, not true. most, most loyal mm. people that you'll ever find. He gets irritated he just, easily. He gets hangry. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't seen that. Yeah. I have a lot every day. You know, Dave's barrel chested. I don't think you're going to just dip in, <laughs> dip in there and scoop slam him. No. So, so if he gets a little ill, so be it. You might want to let him slide. Maybe so. Didn't mean to cut you off. Either way, you're riding with Landell and Black Bart. And John Tatum. Yep. Now John's in the front. Bart's driving. Me and Buddy are in the back. Uh, And we don't really all know each other that well. So, you know, the ride up there was kind of a little bit sublime, you know, everybody's just kind of, kind of doing their own thing. And, uh, we get to the arena. Now that's 340 miles one way. Yep. And we, we get there and we go in, we, Introduce ourselves to everybody. It's our first house show or second house show, excuse me. And, uh, you know, we, we go out about, oh, 15, 20 minutes before showtime, which usually you can take a look at the house. Most people are sat down by that time. So you can get a gauge on the house. And we all kind of walk out there and Bart walks over there and he opens the curtain, looks around and goes, Good, good. House is up. I looked at Buddy. I said, "What did he say?" He said, "I think he said the house is up." 
So Bart walked off. We opened that curtain and you could have thrown a hand grenade out there and not hurt anybody. It was bad. Wow. I think we ended up here in 8,500 was the house. And in the Norfolk scope, that ain't good. Yeah. So business was, was down and we all understood that kind of coming in. Rick had told me business was down. We just need to, you know, get some talents in place and, you know, Dusty's coming as the booker and, you know, we're going to get this thing turned around, make no mistake, but he let me know. So it wasn't that big a shock. It was a bit of a shock that it, it was up. How bad was it the previous week? Because right. they were bi-weekly towns or weekly, some of them. And, uh, damn. So, you know, we go out, we do our thing. We all work. Now we get in the car. Now we got a 340 mile drive back. And, uh, now everybody's a little bit looser and all that stuff. And, uh, so I want to say Tatum looks over at Bart and he says, Hey, is, uh, is the business bad like that in all these towns? He's talking about cocksucker. Bart took it personally. That yeah. The house was bad. He had been working there. Yep. In no way or fashion was he responsible for the house. No, of course not. But some of the veterans take it that way. Right. And it's probably, you know, as I got a little bit, you know, more advanced, had I had that conversation with somebody on their first week and their first loop. So anyway, me and Buddy are kind of listening, and it, it, it was almost like it was just planned. You couldn't have pulled this off in a thousand years. And he looks over at Tatum, and he looks kind of back in the back at us, and he goes, you know, if what you cocksuckers better get ready for some hundred dollar payoff. <laughs> and Buddy and I both leaned forward, and at the same time, we said, we won't have but one of them. <laughs> And we said it together. Yeah. Um, what a great oh, line. Oh, we got a couple of fucking superstars back there, huh? You guys going to get the business turned around? And I looked at Buddy, and he looked at me, and I said, well, I certainly hope so. Yeah. And, uh, man, Bart was mad. The, the rest of the, the whole 300 miles, he wouldn't speak to us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Would not speak. And I don't, you know, I looking back on it, hell, I'd have been pissed too. But that was our first foray into the territory. Yeah. So we love talking about nostalgia. We love talking about the good old days of professional wrestling here on Arn. It's all about nostalgia. And uh, I'm, I'm all in love with nostalgia. I just, I love the old stuff that we all grew up on. And that's why it's so fun to go revisit these stories that Arn is still passionate about, you know, when he was coming up in the business. And growing up as a kid, man, one of my biggest pieces of my wrestling fandom was playing those old arcade wrestling games. Well, check this out. 
Retromania Wrestling is inspired by early 90s arcade wrestling action. Their roster includes both wrestling legends and the stars from the day, like Hawk and Animal, you know, the Road Warriors, Tommy Dreamer from famous ECW days. But as I said, they don't just have the legends, they've got stars of today, like the NWA world champion Nick Aldis, Matt Cardona. Oh, and did I mention the Blue World Order from the ECW days? Come on. There's a story mode, an arcade mode, singles matches, tag team matches, six-man tags, eight-man tags, and even the Retro Rumble. Now, Retro Mania Wrestling is available right now for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Steam, and II Arcade. There's even a Retro Mania-themed II Arcade cabinet. Check them out at RetroManiaWrestling.com and follow them on social media at RetroSoft Studios. That's RetromaniaWrestling.com or check them out on social at RetroSoft Studios. Support these guys. They're supporting your favorite podcast and they're loving that nostalgia just like me and you. It's RetromaniaWrestling.com. Group of characters, I'm sure. Now, hang on now. I, you've told me a story, it's a private story, and I can edit this out if it's not welcome for air. But we had dinner together years ago and you told me a story about how, oh, yeah. And then they had Van Hammer strut through the locker room, jacked up with his fucking guitar. Like he's the second coming of Hulk Hogan. Oh, he's here to save the territory. So I'm now sure this was much later. This was WCW. No, no, I'm with you on that, but I'm saying it's funny how you just sort of drew those parallels that Bart was sort of the elder statesman in the territory. You're the new guy here. And he's trying to tell you, no, this isn't, this is how business is. Get ready for some hundred dollar payoffs, but you being young and ambitious and, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. No, damn the torpedoes. So when they say, oh, you're going to turn the business around. Yeah, I hope so. It's that same swagger that maybe somebody else, when they present it to you in another generation later, you're like, look at this fucking guy. What I did and what Van Hammer did are so <laughs> different. <laughs> For you to even include me in a package yep. conversation that you just did what he did. No. I'm ready to take my lumps. I knew it would get a rise out of you. Holy shit. If you want to piss Arn off, put him in the same sentence with Van Hammer and just wait. Uh, do we want to address what happened that time? What uh, that story might was? as well. Let's do a sidebar. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're getting way out of order, but this is the difference in what I said, because I, Hey, I, I went there with confidence that I could help the territory. Of course. I was, I was going to earn my way pay my own way, make my own way. And I was going to go get over. Yeah, of course. I had nothing but that in mind. Now that's different from being at center stage in the nineties and standing there with Steve Regal, Bobby Eaton, um, uh, Steve Austin, myself, and there was someone else, and I think it might have even been the worst guy it could have possibly been, Brian Pillman. Okay. And we're in the middle underneath, you know, if you've ever been underneath center stage? No. Very tight quarters, very hot, not a lot of room. The, uh, the uh, dressing rooms are hot as hell. So we're all kind of standing out there in the hall, and we're just kind of shooting the shit. And we hear a little bit of ruckus down the hall, and, and we, we look down there, and there he stands with the hat, 
the big shiny jacket, the electric guitar around his neck, oiled up, no shirt, oiled up, big as a house. Yeah. He was jacked. This guy walks right up to this circle of jackals. Yeah. I might as well just say it. It's the most vicious group other than Bobby, Bobby Eaton that you're going to ever find collected in that one little space. And he walks right up. He looks around. Hey, fellas, Van Hammer here. Just want to let you know I'm WCW's ultimate warrior. I'm here to save the company. <laughs> and walked right through the group and out the other side and went in the locker room. And you and Pillman and Austin look at each other and say, and Bobby and Regal. Yeah. We looked at each other and I know what everybody thought. We thought we'd been set up. Yeah. You're looking for the cameras. Yeah. This is, this is one of those deals. And then we figured out nobody came out of a corner or a closet laughing. That was just, that really just happened. Yes, it did. And we all busted out laughing probably two to three minutes after he disappeared. And we just, we lost it. Every one of us lost it. Now that was some stupid shit. Yes, it was. I would. And bless his heart. He didn't know better. I don't know. Somebody had probably pumped him up. Yep. You know, whoever hired him, probably had him in there and, and pumped him up. Hey, you, you're looking incredible, which he did. Yeah. Had a great looking gimmick, which he did. Yeah. All those things. That was the wrong group of bumping, feeding, working their ass off workhorses <laughs> to play that card on. So how you can say what I did compares to that. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, you no got, you got bullshit. in the car, you got in the car with Bart, you know, who's been the goddamn mid Atlantic heavyweight champion. And he, he, he's given you a ride. You know, yeah, you're this fucking but I'm paying trans five cents a mile. <laughs> and you say, and you say, Hey, Hey, we're here to save the territory. No more of these hundred dollar payoffs. We're going to get one at most. We're Not turning things around. That's the word t- for word. What you just said. <laughs> So I got a couple of superstars. Oh my God. I think Buddy Landell said, as he's combing his hair now in the back. Yeah, right. It's exactly what you got. Something like that. Yeah, of course. And, uh, it just set him off. He went crazy. I love this story. This is great stuff. Bart wanted to beat us up. Oh yeah. All of us. And he might have, I mean, you van hammered him. No friends. Don't let friends van hammer. Now we're going to skip back a couple of, uh, decades yes. back where we should have been. Yes. Uh, I went ahead and accommodated you on that story. I but appreciate that. No way, shape or form or similar. Hey, got a quick question for you. If somebody came along and said, Hey man, what if you could retire 15 years faster, but it's going to cost you about an extra hundred dollars a month right now. Would you do it? Is your future your financial future and meeting those long-term financial goals worth a hundred dollars this month. If the answer is yes, well, Jessa from El Paso, Illinois has an idea. We hooked her up. She gave us a five-star review for SaveWithConrad.com and had this to say, Derek helped us go from a 30 year loan to a 15 year. 
and his team was able to cut our interest rate nearly in half. That's right. Half. It's worth the paperwork. Thank you so much. Think about what we're talking about here, folks. If you have a 30 year loan and you could pay it off in half the time for like an extra three bucks a day, what are we doing? Nobody wants to be 60 or 70 and making house payments. And if you don't make a plan to get out of debt right now, you're going to wake up one day and look around and say, uh, I can't retire. I got to keep working because I haven't paid our house off. It's your biggest piece of debt. And I understand that can be overwhelming, but it's that old cliche, right? How to eat an elephant one bite at a time. That's what we got to do here, guys. Let's get out of debt faster. And the first bite is at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. By the way, we're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But if you're in a 30-year loan, you need to go to SaveWithConrad.com right now. So this is early March 1985. And uh, the first time I have a record uh, from CageMatch.net is the Mid-Atlantic Championship Title Night 85, an event at Dorton Arena in Raleigh. They've got you teaming with the Russians here, Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev, and you'll pick up a win over Buzz Tyler, Don Carnoodle, and Manny Fernandez. You just talked about Manny, and, and we've talked about Don before. Haven't spent much time talking about Buzz Tyler, uh, but I do want to talk about your experience tagging with Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev. What was that date? Uh, I have it down as March 6th, 1985. Um... That might have been. Did he give a town? Dorton Arena, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Well, that, you know what? That was. I, I said earlier I couldn't remember what my match was after that first day of uh, promos, which I didn't do. We went to Raleigh and back, and that must have been the match I was in. Uh, and I had already shot the angle with Manny. No one had seen it on TV yet. So being partners with the Russians, I knew Barry Darso. Uh, from when I very first started and went with Matt Bourne to Georgia championship, Matt got fired. And then we started that hodgepodge, uh, the road warriors and Rick rude against myself, man, mountain Darso and, uh, the Indian Joe Lightfoot. We went like 10 days working with the very green road warriors. So I knew Barry from that situation. I didn't know Ivan Koloff. I knew who he was much respect for, for the veteran. And he was exactly what you see on TV. He was a machine, an absolute machine. What a hard working, tremendous worker. He was. You're going to wind up working with Scott Casey on March 14th in Norfolk, Virginia. What were some of your favorite arenas in the, uh, Crockett territory as you start bouncing around, we've often heard people say like Tony Schiavone, for instance, hated Dorton arena, said it was too goddamn hot, hated it. Said it was built like shit. He also hated center stage. Thought it was a terrible building. He hated getting in and out of Madison square garden. said it was too big of a hassle. Were there any arenas that you liked and you were like, Oh, thank goodness. We're in so-and-so did that exist in Crockett? I hate, to, I hate to say this, but Tony is on point with all three of those comments. Okay. hundred percent. Correct. Now Dorton arena, you know, I don't think it was, if it was air conditioning, if they had it, they didn't cut it up very high because it really was hot. And the, and the, the dress rooms were below level. 
they were down in the basement, which made it even hotter. So most of us would get dressed, go back up, and there was a back door right there where you could hang out outside, you know, even go sit in your car if you were going to be on late, you know, anything to get out of that that place at Dorton because, man, it was hot. Uh, but, and for some reason, and I don't know why, even after business started booming and I was part of the horseman and, and whatever the reason was, that was one of those towns that I could not get a hundred percent reaction out of. And I don't know why I have no idea. It was just time after time. I wasn't getting the same reaction that I would get in Norfolk. Now, Norfolk Navy town, you insult one sailor, you've insulted them all. Yep. On the promos, brother, they were rabid. They hated me, hated our guts. They were not horsemen fans because military guys, you know, they, they're cut from a different cloth. They don't like to be insulted. Um, and so that's why you insult them. But business was, was incredible. Loved Greensboro just because of the history. It's incredible. Um, and the setup, you know, you had a curtain that you could stand behind and watch the matches and make sure that nobody was doing anything remotely close to what you're going to be doing, which is a lost art. Uh, most guys don't watch all the matches before them to make sure there's no repeat spots. In those days, it was self-preservation because our audience was, was smart back then too. They yeah. were... They were wrestling fans, but if they if you did a tackle drop down, reverse a hip toss, and the very next match they did one, the one in the next match didn't get any reaction. Yeah, because I just they just you could see them looking we, at each other like I just saw that. Yeah, smart fans. Well, um, we know my favorite one of my favorite arenas is is the Omni. Of course. Um. Uh, Talk to me about Scott Casey. You wrestle him in Norfolk, Virginia. It's your first singles match that I find. I know it's probably not your first singles match, but uh, March 14th against Scott Casey. I think this is your first time working him. You're going to work him several more times when he's a part of the world wrestling federation. And you are too. Any memories of working with him here in Crockett? You can share. Good guy. Handsome. You know, Scott was a, he looked like a grown man. He was a grown man. He was a veteran. He had been around a while. Uh, good physique, you know, handsome guy, good skills. He had a lot more time in than I did at the time and was a very polished worker. So, you know, I think he had been to Dallas prior to that and some other places. So, he, you know, he was a veteran. He wasn't a rookie. He was probably, oh, God, probably six, seven years in at that point. Uh, so he – he was a great guy to, to work with. Uh, up next, I show that you're uh, going to be working a match against Sam Houston and Sam is actually going to hand you your first loss in mid Atlantic. This happens two days later, uh, March 16th, 1985 in Greensboro. Would this been a, would this would have been uh, your first time working Greensboro? Yeah, that was just a regular show, right? Regular house show. Uh, it did have a nickname. Uh, it was called, uh, Silver Star 85. 
What was that date? March 16th, 1985. Greensboro Coliseum. I think if that wasn't a pay-per-view, I think it was like a big show. It is a big show. Okay. There's a story that goes with that. The, uh, did. the, the show that night, I didn't mean to cut you off was a world heavyweight title match. And it was also an Indian strap match. It's flair versus Wahoo. And they had a TV title match with Tully versus dusty where baby doll was inside a cage above the ring, a six man with Sergeant slaughter, Magnum TA and Don Canoodle taking on the Russians. And then they had a bounty match with Slater and the barbarian plus Jimmy Valiant and more blah, blah, blah. Tickets are 10, 15 and $20. So I was plus one more exciting match at that point. Uh, Sam Houston was a very good baby face. Uh, sold really well. And he was this long gangly kid that everybody knew was very young. So you could get a lot of heat pounding on him. Um, I've never been a guy that uh, counted wins or losses. Right. As long as it made sense. But I remember distinctly, um, couldn't figure out if I just got here and they have plans for me, is this a test? Right. Is this to see how I'll react? Yep. So, I didn't think anything about it. That was my frame of mind. I knew that went on in WWF. I didn't know it went on everywhere. I just thought it was like a mistake. If I'm, if I'm going to be one of your guys, I should probably win this one for yeah, sure. You should. But I didn't. And then we got paid. And I remember Greensboro, if you've got it, if you've got these facts and figures, was that a 400 and something thousand dollar house? I don't know what the house is, but I do know it was a monster event. Uh, it was even spelled in some places S T A R R for silver star, sort of like Starcade. but it's the 25th anniversary of the Greensboro Coliseum. So it is a big event and, uh, they're also going to start the 50th anniversary of Jim Crockett promotions here at this event. So it's a major show, but it is one that is, uh, probably most notable for what happened the night before. When Jim Crockett Memorial Park burned, we'll come back to that. But tell me about your loss here and what you were thinking. Okay, so I went out and I pounded the piss out of out of Sam. Sam got a quick roll up somewhere, and I think I dropped him again. So he won, but nobody noticed. Yeah. But I still was in the back of my head. Okay, this is it's not going to carry you off or anything. But I remember that that arena packed. If you've been in it when it was packed for wrestling, I mean, it's for some reason, I mean, it's impressive, right? Yes. It's huge. It's a lot of people. It's a big gate. I don't remember exactly, but for some reason, right at 400,000, which is the biggest house I had ever been on. I mean, it was huge and I'm expecting, okay. I'm expecting if I'm figured in, this is going to be my first big payoff. Yeah. Nope. 700 bucks. Now that is a underneath payoff 
people, a lot of people are going to say, and I and I understand people in, in the real world that bust their ass. That's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money at my house, but, but a $400,000 gate and you're one of a handful of matches. It ain't very much. And they have told me, Kit, we're going to let you get over. We're going to give you as much rope as you need. You take off. You're going to be one of our horses. We're going to let you run. And then they beat you and give you $700. They beat me. Give me 700 bucks. Yeah. And I, I thought about this and I, uh, and I told Rick, I said, you know, I said, you know, that was a, am I wrong thinking this way? And, uh, he says, well, no, you're really not, but you know, just let it go, man. You, you're, I'm telling you, they have plans. I've heard them talk. I've heard the conversations. It won't take long before you'll be up in those pay slots. I, I couldn't shake it. Conrad goes, I felt like I been lied to. got screwed. Yeah. That's not a good payoff for a $400,000 house. It's just not. And, and, and it's, that's what it's about. It's not about the, the amount of money or what it means to, you know, that you can do with it at that time and what year it was. I'm, I got screwed. Yeah. And I went in to talk to Jimmy Crockett and I knocked on the door and I just said, Mr. Crockett, I guess got to get something cleared up. I said, uh, you know, and I didn't mention getting beat or anything like that. I just said, you know, that house was incredible in Greensboro the other night. And thank you for allowing me to be on it. But that payoff just didn't seem right. Oh, well, uh, I don't recall. What was that payoff? Right. I said, 700 bucks. He said, well, you know, you've been here two weeks, a couple of weeks. I said, yes, sir. I do know that, but I also know what I've been told and what your plans are for me. If this was Blackjack Mulligan sitting here and he had just been here two weeks, would you have given him that payoff if he was in that slot? He said, well, what does that have to do with it? I says, well, he's a top guy. I'm going to be a top guy as soon as these TVs get around. Uh, I just don't feel like it was fair, was you know. And, and he says, <clears throat> "Hmm." And I can see that he's going. Have we got a prima donna here? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I and I understand what he should have been thinking. You know, hey, is this guy? Uh, this guy's here two weeks, and he's already trying to hold me up, right? Using a blackjack mulling. I was not trying to demean Jack Blackjack Mulligan or saying I was in that league. But at some point, I was going to be in that league. That's right. I had no doubt. And if they had no doubt. Then what's the holdup? Then don't pay me later. Pay yeah. me now. Yes. It's $400,000. By the way, that's a shirt now over at Don't pay me later. Pay me now. Check. Yeah. So um, that was the first little dust up that we had. Um, I never... It's, it's one of those things. I never pursued it any further. He never mentioned it again. That was my payoff. That was it. And it ended up, this is what's so crazy, which made it even worse. When I left Ron Fuller, my last week in the territory was almost $1,300. Now, these are small towns, small territory, whatever. By the time, even with a $700 payoff, the rest of the week, 
I think I had $1,100 a week. And that was with 350 mile round trips each way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I worked every day and ended up with like, I mean, I did. I had some $100 payoffs. Black Bart, you called the shot, my friend. <laughs> I'm one of those cocksuckers that got one of those $100 payoffs. Oh, my God. Now, in fact, more than one. So he was absolutely right. He knew what the pay scale was and I had $1,100 a week. And, man, I was fuming. I actually called Bob Armstrong and said, and I called him, I think, from Rick's house. I mean, there were no cell phones back then. And Rick must have been listening outside. I said, Bob, I'm not happy. Arn, it's only been two weeks. I said, well, you said I could come back anytime I, I wanted to. Can I come back? Because I'm, I'm ready to pack my car and come. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What happened? Da, 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 da. And, and he talked me down. He said, listen, they won't be able to deny you. Give yourself time. Give yourself time. Give yourself a little more time. Give yourself another month. Let the TVs, you know, they're, they're using you good on TV, right? And I said, yes, sir, they are. And they, they've told me they have big plans and all that. But that's less than I made. In, in, a, in the small territory that I just left. And he went, well, it's going to change for you. You got flair, you know, in your corner. It's, it's uh, Dusty's, I think, is in your corner from what I've heard. So it'll get better. So just ride it out. He said, if, if two weeks from now you feel the same, call me back. So I had that in my pocket. And Rick came in and went, what – what, what are you doing? What do you consider? What are you thinking about doing? I said, I'm thinking about heading back down to Picola. Yeah. Why not? He says, Oh my God, do not do that. And the only thing I can think of is he must've went to Jimmy because the next two weeks, the pay went up. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't going to pursue it any further. I wasn't going to talk to him again. I'm sure he wasn't going to talk to me again. But those next two weeks were crucial. And it wasn't like the, the pay doubled or something, but it just got more in line with what it should have been in my mind. And that's really all that matters, you know, with payoffs in this business, Conrad. It doesn't matter what somebody else makes. You just have to resolve in your mind what is fair for you, where you're positioned, what your accomplishments are. What do you contribute to the company? And you got to assess your worth. You're the only one that can do it. And if you let somebody know, this is what I'm worth, be be prepared to stick, stick by your guns because they may say, well, I don't think you are. Why adfreeshows.com? It's simple. It's early and ad-free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts 
including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support The Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from arnshirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com, and thank you for being a listener to The Arn Show. Did you listen? We're bouncing all over the place, and I'm I'm glad to do it. But you've told us before about the reason you left Crockett, and it's ultimately a payoff dispute. And I find it fascinating that your Crockett story starts the same way. Was being upset or negotiating your payoff always part of your experience with Crockett Promotions? Those two instances were the only two. The only two when Oli when Oli and I. Uh, started teaming and I, I guess we should probably slow down because we're jumping ahead. Uh, I had a run for about six weeks of straight TV, uh, where I was really getting pushed. I had the angle with the Manny going on and they were pushing me, pushing me, pushing me, uh, getting pro I was getting, and by, by pushing me, I meant. I would just be a guy that was enhanced for talent. Wasn't like I was running through the babyface crew. I would be the guy that I should have beat, but they were giving me a couple of minutes afterwards to talk. As we know, that's the critical yeah. deal, right? That's how you get over. Yeah. Let me put out such a character in front of you that you won't kill this guy. And that's where you start drawing money. But it's ironic that, um, and we started, you know, I started getting over and all that, but when Oli agreed to become my partner and work with Manny Fernandez and, um, God almighty, what was Thunderbolt Patterson? Mm. What the skipping ahead a little bit after being in Charlotte for a couple of months, and then Oli and I became partners. And then I guess Jimmy had decided he's going to start running another crew with Oli's old territory and us on top, which was the Georgia towns. And then every other week or every third week, you would run Michigan, West Virginia, and Ohio. That was Oli's territory. So they thought they could revive it. So they sent us back down uh, to Georgia to live. I went back to Rome and lived at my granny's so I could, you know, give her the money, not worry about paying for a apartment or any of that stuff. So all the other guys moved to Atlanta and got apartments and all that stuff. And we started running and we were working with those guys and we were gradually making our way up to working with Buzz Sawyer and Dick Slater. That was the goal. But 
those towns weren't drawing. They weren't like they were. And our, our money was not good uh, for the two months that we were there. It really wasn't. And I was starting to get concerned, to be honest with you, Conrad. But the only thing that saved me, it's almost like God was testing me. <laughs> he was going to go, hey, man, you know, you're going to go back to what you were making with no travel in Pensacola, but you're going to have a ton of travel here. Right. And it's going to be a lot more difficult. But what I'm going to do is put you in a position to live at your granny's where you can help her out. And that might, you know, whatever you would be spending on apartment, she gets it. So everybody wins. So that was my frame of mind. I went, Hey, I'm actually in a really good position here, even though I'm not making a lot of money. Uh, now this is, this is something that can be pulled up, which is a, turns out to be a big part of my story. If you encompass my entire career, everything, but during this time that we were working our way into working with Slater and buzz, and we knew that was going to be our money. Uh, I worked with his buzz's little brother. You're familiar with Brett Wayne Sawyer. Yeah. That name rings a bell. Punch your magic computer and, but punch in Arn Anderson punts Brett Wayne or Brett Sawyer in the head. See what you get. See if you get anything. Nothing yet, but I'm still looking for it. Go ahead. Continue your story. Well, <clears throat> we needed a catalyst to get us to buzz and Dick, who were like the top baby faces. So I just said, what about if I, if I shoot Brad out on the on floor, he's on his hands and knees. I back up a couple steps and I punt his head off. Brett, just go with it. Keep, you know, can't watch me out of your peripheral vision. And when I point that toe and kick you in the side of the head, just go with it. Well, I thought he was going to go with it. And he didn't. And I punted his head off. That morphed a couple of decades later. That became the Randy Orton punt in the head. Wow. I gave that to Randy from that experience. Because if you can find that footage, it looked nasty. It looked like a finish. Well, we're not finished yet. We're going to, uh, run through a few more matches here. We'll try to get through the end of March of 85, and then we'll pick it up, uh, next week. Uh, you're going to be working Manny Fernandez and Dorton arena on March 20th on March 23rd. Uh, you're back working, uh, TV taping at the Charlotte Coliseum. This is for NWA worldwide. You'd pick up a win over Manny Fernandez here. It'd be a live event three days later in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, and Manny Fernandez would beat you by DQ there. You'd run Altoona, Pennsylvania, get off in Vince McMahon's backyard here on March 27th. You beat Sam Houston on March 28th. You're in Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got uh, buzz Tyler teaming with Manny Fernandez and pistol Pez Watley to take on Arn Anderson, buddy Landell and John Tatum. I'll get plenty of time, 23 minutes, but ultimately the good guys prevail and you dastardly heels live to fight another day. 
I guess it's a, a double shot because we've got a show, um, two separate shows here with uh, similar lineups all in Philadelphia. Uh, and then, uh, we'll round out the month on the 29th and 30th with shows in Richmond, Virginia, and then a TV taping in the WTBS studios. I'll come back to that. The Richmond show was a no contest against Manny Fernandez on March 29th, but we round out March with a television taping. It's Arn and Ole Anderson taking on Greg stone and Sam Houston on WTBS. You've been on this channel before, but it was his enhancement talent. Now you're an Anderson teaming with Ole in the TBS studios. Kind of a cool deal. Total change in positioning went from the, uh, star maker to the star. And uh, Ole and I were skipping around, and um, they were booking us in all these towns. You know, I was pretty much working in some capacity with Manny and a partner, you know, everywhere. But it was, you know, we had good matches, very solid, very solid matches. Uh, Manny was a very solid worker and and a very good worker. Um, So... Yeah, we would get that would be just a get over match, and we're working our way towards April now. Yeah, that night, you know, as with all TV tapings, you would work two shows there. Uh, you would wrestle uh, Manny Fernandez, but then that night, the big show, because that was always a, a matinee show, the TV taping, uh, that's going to be at the Greensboro Coliseum, and you're going to be working with Manny Fernandez again. So, right away, they've got you programmed in a big way with Manny Fernandez. It starts as a six man tag affair, or I guess you mentioned. He came out and tried to make the save when you broke that feller's arm and well, that didn't go his way, but now you're kind of off to the races with Manny as we uh, wind down the month of March and we cruise on in April. Yeah. We had a lot of 15, 20 minute matches. Um, very solid. And I, I enjoyed it very much. And Manny was used well with, you know, Jim Crocker promotions at that time. I think previously he had been world tag team champions with him and dusty at some point. So he was a top guy. We're having a lot of fun and we hope you guys are, uh, talking about old things, territory and, uh, sort of reliving some of the good old days. We're going to be back next week. We're going to pick it up with April, 1985 and boy, there's a doozy in here. Uh, there's going to be NWA national tag team titles on the line. Uh, there's also going to be a lot of matches with Manny Fernandez. Arn's going to team with Tully. One of the first times we got to see that. And we start to formalize our little group of Arn and Ole. We even start calling them a team name. Lots of fun stuff coming as we are now journeying through the early days of mid Atlantic championship wrestling. Tell your friends about the, uh, the format change here. Not just talking about WWE agent days, talking about the good old days that we all grew up on. Uh, and don't forget to uh, hit us on social at the Arn show. If you've got a question about the show, we love your interaction and, uh, we're pulling for everybody who's listening, whether that's the Eaton family or that's the Wilkes family or it's Brandy and her family. Uh, let's be good to everybody and appreciate our time together and make some new memories and have a few laughs. And hopefully we've provided a fun distraction today, Arn. You know, none of us are assured that tomorrow will ever happen. So let's, let's have some fun. And and that's what this is intended to be because as you can tell the hodgepodge of things that actually 
went into Jim Crockett Promotions, blowing up and being the the uh, giant in the industry that it was. It, man, it had some crisscrossing and some crazy paths, and that's what we're going to talk about. And we're glad you're here to talk about it with us. Until next time, he is at the Orange Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you soon, right here on Arn. Okay, if you've listened to this show for very long by now, you know what you're thinking. I hate Steven Singer too. And you're darn right you do because we've told you loudly and proudly that he is one of our favorite people to do business with, and he's going to be yours too. But unfortunately, he eliminates all of the excuses. Here's what I mean. Finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but man, do we hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. It's overwhelming, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. That's why Skies really hates Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring, and he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler and icon that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes or discounts, just the best possible price guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly or online at I hate always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Savewithconrad.com makes saving money fast and easy. Just ask Lindsay in Wisconsin. He left us a five-star review and said, super easy refi, probably easier than when we did this four years ago with a local credit union. Find out how easy it is right now yourself at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.